podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. for many reasons. Uh, the theme song was just performed live by Molly Lewis, who is alive in here in the room with me. Yay! Uh, and for those listening to the podcast, the reason that Molly and I get to be in the same room is that we're actually on a boat in the middle of the Caribbean Sea for the Joko Cruise Crazy. Okay. It's wonderful to applaud for the place you actually are. Uh, and for anybody who listening who might not know what Joko Crazy is, it is a cruise put on by Jonathan Colton that is uh, full of music and comedy and all sorts of events organized by fans. The fans have named themselves Sea Monkeys, so when we constantly refer to the audience as Sea Monkeys, that's not just a weird name we came up with on the spot. That is what they have self-labeled themselves. And uh, I've enjoyed the cruise immensely, and it would take a long time to list all of the things I'm going to miss. But the Sea Monkeys have a group energy that I'm really going to miss, because during this cruise, almost any question that is asked will be answered with a woo. (laughs) 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 Exactly. And sometimes that wasn't a question, that was a statement. So just, just to tide me over, after uh, I get back from the cruise, I'm going to ask some questions, and feel free to woo. Are you going to buy some hat? <laughs> Do you need some lotion for your elbows? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Are you filled with existential dread? <laughs> Can you make a Jerry Lewis noise? <laughs> restored my faith in humanity. <laughs> so we're gonna, we don't have a lot of time, so we're going to get right into this. I'm very lucky. My guests here today are Mr. Mike Furman and Mr. Will Wheaton. <laughs> and Molly also is, is not only here to play the beautiful ukulele, but also to be my sidekick. So, Molly? I'm just going to communicate music to apparently. Okay. Hi. Feel free to jump in at any time with actual words and thoughts. Okay. Or, if you want to, you can make sidekick noises such as hey Do you want to do a practice hey Hey-oh. <laughs> I thought that was a bit of a question at the end. hey Yes. Okay, so we're going to get right into it here. Uh, first, I want to start with uh, you, Mr. Mike Furman, and for anybody who might not know you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. I am a, uh, a, a comedy musician uh, who does music with a comedy bent to it, um, and uh, I do the, I'm the band on the Nerdist TV show, and I'm a guy on Learning Town with Paul and Storm. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Wheaton, uh, for my grandmother, could you tell? <laughs> could you tell my grandmother if she listens to this podcast who you are? Well, my name is Will Wheaton, and I am from the internet. <laughs> I'm an actor and a writer, and uh, I also act and write. Excellent. I was going to ask you: Is there of all the roles? I mean, you played a lot of roles as an actor as well as being a blogger and a writer. Is there 
a most common thing for people to approach you about when they see you on the streets? Well, recently it's my work on the Big Bang Theory because that probably has the broadest uh, cross-cultural uh, and demographic appeal. Right. Um, but on the boat, uh, for, for, for people who are not here in the audience, we call people who are not uh, part of the sea monkey contingent, we call them snorks. And it's not a derogatory term, it's just our way of categorizing the muggles. Yeah. <laughs> not derogatory at, at all, it's what we call the normals. And uh, a, 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 a bunch of, of snorks have come up to me over the last day and a half and have actually told me that they watch my, uh, my show Tabletop. Awesome. That, uh, that's a show. <laughs> and the thing about that for me is that that show exists only on the internet. Right. And, uh, and, and it tells me that it has a wider reach than I I thought that it did, and that's that's really cool. That's awesome. Cool. So knows I might get to play board games for a living for another year. <laughs> <laughs> We're converting the muggles to magic. Yeah, I'm working on it. Possibly the card game. Uh, <laughs> wait, what were you talking about? <laughs> I thought it was the card game. We, we've all been talking about the same thing the whole time. No, we just didn't know. It, yeah, it's magic. It's, uh, Kids with the card game? Hello. Uh, perfect. I just decided that we're going to do this for the rest of the day. obsessions. Uh, Will, you are going to talk about what? I am obsessed with beer. <laughs> Not just drinking beer like an alcoholic does, right? but knowing everything about beer like an alcoholic does, and uh, brewing my own beer uh, like an alcoholic does. Right, so you're obsessed with cosplaying an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. I'm like a chocoholic, but for beer. <laughs> Excellent. And Mr. Furman, what is your obsession? Uh, my obsession is audio recording software. In any so dry and boring. <laughs> more of an addiction than it is uh, enjoyable, but I cannot. I'm, I'm, I've become a gearhead about uh, audio recordings. That's good because my beer thing is not an addiction at all. It's just a hobby. <laughs> it's, sort of, it's, it's more of a collecting thing. <laughs> collecting things inside your body. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and we, when we have people on the, the podcast, sometimes they, they feel like uh, they are admitting, like, yes, I'm totally obsessed. You don't have to be. I like talking to people about what their level of interest is. So uh, sometimes I like to ask little questions to kind of gauge what is your obsession level. So here are some of those questions. Uh, first for you, Will. Do you think about beer daily? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Mike Furman, do you think about audio Pro Tools stuff daily? Yes. Excellent. Will, do you have underwear that is related to or represents <laughs> beer in some way? Uh, you mean underwear like what covers your man bits or yeah. underwear like a garment that's worn underneath the rest of your clothing in some way? Because I have socks that have beer, uh, 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 little beer signs on them. And for Christmas this year, uh, my wife got me uh, a pair of grown-up footy pajamas uh, that, that are footy and fleecy and actually covered with little beer mugs. Uh, and there's, there's actually photographic evidence of this. It's on my blog. Uh, uh, yeah, I would, I would accept that as a yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because honestly, at this point, beer underwear is a little pedestrian. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, go big or go home. You get right here, jammies. Yeah. Uh, and Furman, do you have Pro Tools underwear? <laughs> Uh, if I wore underwear. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I do not. Because I, he just has one Pro Tool. <laughs> it's okay, there could be a delayed hail. I, I saw the temptation yeah, in your eyes. Take a rain check on that hail. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so this one, this next question is the final obsessed level testing question, and this one was actually suggested by Molly, so I'm gonna defer to her on some of the conclusions, and it is this. Will, would you have a discussion about fear with Adolf Hitler? <laughs> I don't speak or understand German. <laughs> Like if you were in the, if you came out of the TARDIS though, right? And right. like the whole language matrix yeah. that you go through and you can understand Hitler. Yeah, sure. I'd be like, hey, uh, dur what people call you. Um, maybe instead of attempting to genocide uh, a people, just go have a beer. I could talk all about like the Reinheitsgebot, uh, which is, it turns out, the only German word I know. <laughs> I didn't even know that I knew it until I said it. What does it mean? It's, does the, it mean? it's the German beer purity law, which states that beer brewed in Germany can only consist of water, yeast, hops, and uh, malted barley. And this is because there was such great uh, hops grown up and, and, and other things grown up in Belgium uh, at, at this like there was like a, a, a burgeoning trade war and wow. the Germans were like, oh no, people are going to Belgium to get their beers instead of here because they put fruit bullshit in their beer. <laughs> we can't have that. So they made this German beer purity law so that the farmers would be protected, that people would continue to buy all of the things that go into making beer. I would talk about that with Hitler. Did people fight that? Was that like, get your government out of my stein? <laughs> I'm sure there probably was. It actually led right around the time that Archduke uh, uh, Ferdinand uh, uh, went, you know, and, and did his Ferdinanding. Uh, <laughs> actually, it was like, government out of my stein. That was his, uh, and was shot. The, right, it was the stein yeah. party. Oh, man. <laughs> if, uh, if Hitler came to you and said, Mike Furman, I need you to remix my speech in Pro Tools. <laughs> wow, would you do it? Uh, no. No, definitely not. This is Hitler, right? This is like because that's Hitler asking him a favor, which is you know bad. But if Hitler's like, oh my god, did you see the panic like on this whatever? Like if he starts talking about if it was really into Pro Tools, he's like, oh my god, do you use Final Cut? I think anything. I think the only way that that could happen is if it was just a regular a regular day where Hitler's walking up to me. Then no, then I would probably you know. Here he is, you know, get him, that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> I probably hold his shirt or something as he's trying to run away. He'd be like, yes, I got him, I got him. Um, if it was like a deserted island thing, or like a life of pie, and we're the last two people in a rowboat, or something like that. Uh, tiger um, and Hitler? And maybe, what's that? It's a tiger, it's a tiger, me and Hitler. If I'm in a rowboat with there. Hitler, Hitler's going for a swim. <laughs> and he's not getting back in the boat. Yeah, right, and right, you'll yeah. talk to him about beer as he dresses. <laughs> you know what's ironic is that uh, the number one ingredient in beer is water. <laughs> How about you take a hop into the... Oh! Oh, really? Oh, 
full range of emotions in the hands. If it was a ghost of Hitler and you couldn't kill him, or you couldn't get rid of him, but he wanted to talk, yeah. then you kind of have to though. Yeah, I would, yeah. Because yeah. he is yeah. a persistent motherfucker. Right. This is what I love about this question, is people usually answer it, but it's mostly about the metaphysics of how and when this conversation would happen. That's what nerds do, right? We gotta agree, what's the plausibility? How could this possibly actually happen? Now let's figure out which particular fan canons we could put this into without accidentally crossing out some of the head canon I've created. Mostly around me and Kaylee and Firefly. <laughs> Another woo. Uh, so I, I want to get into some specific questions about the obsession. So Will, what was the first beer you ever had? The first beer that I ever remember tasting was like uh, either a Coors or a Budweiser from my dad when I was like eight and we were working in the backyard or something like that. And I was like, I don't know why someone would put this into their mouth on purpose. Um, I'm not making the blowjob joke that just went through everybody's head. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, that was the first time that I ever tasted it. And then as I grew older and uh, became a teenager and, and then got into college, uh, I still, I was very disdainful of beer. I was really under the impression that beer was something that you really had to know a lot about uh, NASCAR to appreciate. Okay. Uh, and, and, I, and I didn't. And I remember talking to one of my roommates at the time, and he said, uh, He's like, hey, we're gonna have some beers. And I was like, beer? <laughs> who drinks beer? Do I look like someone who was in a fraternity to you, sir? <laughs> Bring me another rum and coke. <laughs> don't skim on the rum. Uh, and, uh, and he said, no, I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm gonna make you like beer. I'm gonna bring you some microbrew beer, which is what we call craft beer back in those days. And we came back with a Rogue's Red Ale from the Rogue Brewing Company out of Bend, Oregon. And, uh, and I tasted it and I was like, where has this been all my life? Surely this can't be beer. And that was the beginning of it. I was like 20 years old, so I've been drinking beer for 20 years. Cool. Back when it was illegal for you to be drinking beer. Listen, everything's better when it's illegal. <laughs> Which brings us right to Pro Tool. <laughs> <laughs> so when did, uh, when did Pro Tools first come into your life? Did you, uh, Dad, have you tried out in the backyard? <laughs> My parents were killed by a Pro Tools, and I could not shake the image, and I devoted my life to destroying Pro Tools. Um, no, I actually, uh, Pro Tools, the program, which is what I use now, is relatively new to me. It's only been about uh, two years. Uh, before that, I was a Cubase guy. I mean, but the thing is, they all kind of do about the same thing. Um, they're all basically, you know, you're recording sound into your computer and uh, having the computer trigger MIDI notes off to whatever virtual instrument you have. And then you have little virtual instruments inside your computer. It's actually really, it feels awesome. Especially, I started on like an Apple IIe, just something like that, where it was just a black screen with the little green line, and when it hit this little green blob, the drum would go <laughs> or something like that. Like, it's, it's so far beyond. Now you like literally open a plugin, and there's a picture of like a room with a drum set, and like there may as well be a little dude who looks at the camera and goes, "What do you want to play?" <laughs> it's, it's literally like I always would joke about. But someday there's gonna be like a thing where you just hit a button that says "new song." There's that button. <laughs> like you can literally just like I'm gonna load this drum set, that thing, and this thing, and that guitar loop, and that thing, and just hit a thing and be like, "That's my song." Cool. It's, no, it's evil. That part is evil, but. But it is amazing that you have, like, that's the end of the spectrum now, you know? It's nonsense. I mean, like, a song like that I don't think would connect to anybody because it's just so cliche. Have you but... tried it? Have you tried just, like, creating the easiest, fastest song you can to see if it has any value? No, I have not, actually. I should do that. Here's the talent did, 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 did you just say, 
that song won't connect to people because it's too cliche. Are you familiar with a song called Call Me Maybe? Are you familiar with an artist named Justin Bieber? You know? No, I've never heard of them. Why? I've been on a robot with Hitler for the last two months. Ride in my van and show you some things. <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't go for a ride in Will Wheaton's van. <laughs> what are you talking about? It, it says Will Wheaton on the side. You can't see inside, but it says Will Wheaton. Awesome so space adventures inside. Awesome space adventures. <laughs> it doesn't have a distinctive horn that you honk? Yeah, when you honk it, it goes. <laughs> A, a porn remix of the next generation. Thing. I thought maybe that was the Doppler effect when the van goes into hyperspace. It goes into war. More like, like it would be a rising Doppler effect on, you know, on account of uh, how the space time continuum is compressed and then immediately distorted by the warp uh, field. And, uh, but listen, you, you, listen, you don't have a Heisenberg compensator, so I understand that you would understand why that makes sense. I think Pro Tools has a plug in for it, though. <laughs> Desert Island. In the Desert Island had an unlimited supply of one beer. Yeah. What beer would you put on your Desert Island? Oh boy, that's tough. Um, because here's, you know, actually what it, what it would probably be uh, would, would be one of the very, very early uh, uh, bass uh, uh, brewery um, uh, extra, uh, extra bitter, extra special bitters because it would have very low alcohol content and it would be, uh, uh, the hops are antimicrobial, so I would actually have a, a source of a, a potable stay, stay alive for a long time until Hitler shows up for rescue. <laughs> uh, uh, because that is actually what, you know, the reason that, one of the reasons beer is, is the third most popular drink around the world is that at a time when water was just full of shit and bacteria and horrible, awful things, right. and, and you know, and the face heals, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, people would actually make very, very weak beer because the hops and then the very little bit of alcohol created by the yeast um, uh, prevented it from making them shit themselves to death. <laughs> so, so alcohol I, has the right kind of shit in the water. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. Like yeast shit. At least if I'm gonna be drinking shit, it should be the shit I want to be drinking and not the shit that's just coming out of the river. Yeah, but then in like in a less practical stay alive <laughs> sort of sense, it would, it would absolutely be Pliny the Younger on tap. Cool. So it, it's on tap. So would you would you want one other person to be there on the island? It's just a new beer. And then I no, because then I have to share my Pliny the Younger. With <laughs> By the way, I think the only way you can get Pliny the Younger these days is to actually go to a desert island and, and, and find it there. There are three beer nerds in the world who, have, who know why that's so funny. <laughs> and they will be listening to this podcast. I have no doubt. Probably not. They're in a boat on their way trying to find that desert island. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mike, what is your favorite thing that you've made with audio equipment or, or Pro Tools in particular? Uh, oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, I love I, that song. Oh, thank you. It was just that right there. I was trying to recreate it. Right? The thinking song. That's right. Um, no, there's a, uh, there's a song that I have on my album that's called Street Meat, and it's, uh, it's a kind of like... Yeah, it, does, it has uh, what I consider to be my favorite... Uh, favorite moment in my own recording music history where it just it has like organ I like I like old funk and stuff like that and uh, 
and it has just the, the drum, funk, guitar, I mean a drum, I gave funk its own instrument. <laughs> Is there a funk button that you can just add funk? I play rock, my friend plays the funk, and then we go on. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, but it's just this little, uh, you know, organ, guitar, drum, bass, and, uh, and a couple like a Moog, or a couple of little Moog things on there. That's the thing too, is now, since you can add all these instruments, the, the test now is to try to keep things simple and pure and not just add 15 of everything because you can. You know what I mean? Like right now I could be like, oh, I could either have a great drummer or I could have 50 okay drummers and it'll be this crazy wall of sound that's still impressive, but one good drummer would be better. You know what I mean? You'd, like I said, you'd connect more to it because it'd just be like a better feeling right. you know, rhythm. So, Will, uh, I know that you, you've been doing a lot of homebrewing, right? Yeah. So what is, what's like the dream homebrew, like the hardest, craziest thing to do? Like, in terms of creating uh, You know, is there like a chocolate backwards around the world? Pale beer, ale, you know, challenge. Uh, actually, I had the chocolate backwards pale around the world beer challenge uh, last year, and uh, I didn't. I did not place my my chocolate. Only went halfway around the world, uh, but I still got a drinkable beer. Uh, you know, actually, the hardest thing in the world to do uh, for for me as a home brewer is to uh, brew a beer that I really like and then uh, completely faithfully recreate it by brewing again. Oh, okay. Because there are a lot of things, a lot of factors that are just impossible to fine tune, and most of that is temperature and uh, how, uh, how, like, how much, uh, like, how much liquid I'm boiling at any given time, and what sort of, like, how efficient I am in collecting sugars and, and things out of the grain that I soak water in. So uh, being able to actually do something uh, uh, consistently and say, yes, this is my house pale ale. It's gonna be the same every single time you have it. Like, I, look, I really, I despise American macro brews. They're awful. But there is something to be said for being able to make 90 million uh, barrels of uh, Budweiser and each one has the same vomit-like taste. <laughs> Consistency, no matter where you get it in. It's true, it's really nice to know that this one's always gonna taste like vomit and this one is always gonna smell like piss. No <laughs> so what you're getting as a consumer. Last year I made a, a clone of Stone's Arrogant Bastard Ale, which is one of my favorite beers ever, and it was really, really good. And I actually took it to a, a, a taping of Big Bang Theory and after we finished recording, I. I, I took it back to where we have we have a little like food after the after the show is done, and I took it back there. And uh, uh, Kunal uh, likes beer, and, and I said, "Hey, you know, let, I brought this one to try." So um, we we poured it into little sample cups, and uh, every person who tasted it said, "Like this is this is as good as Stone's Arrogant Bastard Ale." I really enjoy it. So I I. I went and brewed it again and the second time I brewed it it was it was not nearly as good as the first time. And uh, I looked at all of my notes and as far as my notes were concerned, I had everything exactly the same. And that was when I when I realized, all right, it's time to clean out my garage and invest in putting a little brew house in the garage with a temperature controlled fermenter and, and uh, <laughs> like I told you I was obsessed with beer. No, I know it's awesome. I wasn't just saying that to get on the show. It's actually <laughs> But it, it, there's an awesome sort of synergy between what you guys are talking about about finding that, that balance between the authenticity of creating it yourself and finding what technology can make it happen for you, but still keeping that authenticity and getting yeah, the Yeah, I think that's what, what, what we do sort of overlaps. I don't ever want it to be I push a button and walk away. Right. And then it, like there's a thing there. Like if I'm making an all-grain beer, it's a it's a seven or eight hour uh, uh, experience, and I love that. Right. And it's yeah. like it's like a it's a meditative 
uh, sort of like calming uh, and, and, and like, like rejuvenating thing for me. Yeah. Cool. There's a there's a um, in the same way there's a uh, a program you know you guys know AutoTune, um, and uh, they make a thing that's a harmony generator and you can sing into it and it will give you like okay yeah you know I want the, the third on this thing and at this point it's just switched to a diminished and at this point and so you can just sing your one line and it will make harmonies for you but it's literally just that you push a button and you know, I mean you know a couple buttons there but uh, it will generate the harmonies and at one point I tried doing that I was like oh that's neat because it does sound like if you want to do a contemporary sounding country song or something like that, they use the shit out of that stuff, right? Like, they're thinking that it's so, and it's crazy clean, it's super, super, like, you know, you can make it sound, it's almost computery sounding. Um, but I did it one time and I was like, what am I doing? I love singing harmonies. Why would I ever try to find a shortcut? You know what I mean? Like, that's like, if you love driving, you're like, oh, I found a way that I can drive less. Wait a minute! I want a longer route! I, wanna, I will sometimes sing a harmony and then sing it again, even though it was right! <laughs> because it was fun, you know? Excellent. So this, is, this has gotten very pleasant, so I want to ask you a violent question. Back to Hitler. Uh, Back to genocide. Close. Uh, I, when, when I talked to Mike, he, he told me this morning that he would like to talk about audio stuff in Pro Tools, so, so I went on Wikipedia to do a little bit of research. God, that must have been expensive. It cost me a thousand dollars to access with information. So on Wikipedia, it said that Jack White doesn't like Pro Tools because he thinks it makes everything too easy. And my question is, could you beat Jack White in a fight? Um, I don't want to fight Jack White because it would be too easy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yes. Molly Lewis, could you beat Jack White in a fight? Probably not. He's too tall for me. He would just like stomp me over there on top of him. You could charm him to death, I'm sure. <laughs> I do have a, a ukulele with corners on it. It's triangular, and I have destroyed a pizza box with it. Just a good point. <laughs> <laughs> what was your point? Fuck this pizza? Look, my ukulele has corners. <laughs> It's generally accepted that the only way to prove the existence of a corner is to drive it through a pizza box. <laughs> exactly. Maybe your ukulele maybe was uh, angry and jealous at the pizza for being triangular. <laughs> That's why we know the world is round, because our Earth has never punctured a large pizza box. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> She's a witch. You can argue with your logic. That's a chapter in Dianetics, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> This is a one, two, three, hey One, two, three, hey <laughs> That had a really sort of Caribbean rum vibe to it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so, Will, this is, this is a, a question I'm extremely excited to ask. Okay. So, if Wesley Crusher were a real entity yeah. out in the world, yeah. what do you think Wesley's favorite beer would be? Um, well... I need to, you need to drill down this question a little bit? Right, no, this is like the Hitler. We're going to need some. Well, it's just because first season Wesley Crusher is really, really different from going off to get Van Pady with the Traveler. So that's why he really, really, really tracks, he changes over over the years. So so which uh, which Wesley are we talking about? I, I think, one. 
No, I'm, I'm always not, underage, I'm, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm interested in, in first season Wesley Crusher. I think I'm interested in uh, like right before he leaves to go with the Traveler. So okay. maybe that is so maybe like when, maybe, show. Yeah, so maybe like maybe when he's uh, uh, at Starfleet Academy. Yes. Yeah, that. Like, so yeah. What is, what is his? And it's spring break at Starfleet Academy. <laughs> <laughs> what's he gonna drink and what's he gonna hit? <laughs> um, <laughs> Joseph is cracking up right now. <laughs> <laughs> One of the ways that Wesley uh, Crusher actually uh, transforms into his sparsely gee alter ego <laughs> is to thank you, the one person in this room who knows who Sparks McGee is. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, the way that he actually trans, uh, transforms into that is that he drinks this Pilsner from Ryza. <laughs> um, that's, it's mostly just MDMA, <laughs> uh, which actually is naturally occurring in the water on Ryza, which explains a lot about everything. Indeed. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and he, uh, he, he drinks that, and then he drinks five glow sticks, <laughs> and, and, uh, and he puts on his, his hat and sunglasses and tells me that he's got a course you can plot. <laughs> so yeah, so I think I think Wesley, uh, yeah, Wesley is a, is, is a big fan of. Um, he probably is a lager and pilsner drinker. He's he's his palate's not sophisticated enough to appreciate uh, like a good uh, good ale. Cool. So if Wesley, like again, imagining that he is an actual sentient person outside of you, the actor who portrayed him. Right. And he came you mean here like in real life. Yeah, he was real. And he yeah. came here and he Which was like, is. holy shit. <laughs> and he like came to your house like, this is weird, dude. Yeah. Because like, you played me. Yeah. You know, and you guys were going to have like a conversation. And I'd be all like, children are not allowed on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> and he would tug on your shirt. Always, right. Come on. And he would call your wife Anne, number one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that. That would be that's. I don't do that in sexual context. You can all be sure of that. That never happens. I'm not like, come on, honey, let's do the Picard maneuver. That never, ever, ever comes up in our bedroom. I do not refer to the bed as my ready room. Very, very clear about these things. You're just writing your own fan fiction right now. fiction is called the Kobayashi test. The Kobayashi Maru yes. in the bedroom. Right. That's the one where Wesley just rewrites the rules, right? Yeah. He breaks the program. It's the no-win scenario. Yeah, right. Well, listen, that pretty much accurately describes sex was the pressure. Excellent. So, okay, so... Young, yeah, this is just now slash fiction. So yeah, young sure. Wesley Crusher, yeah, in front of you, actual human actor Will Wheaton, yeah. and you're talking about how weird this is. What yeah. beer, what human earth beer do you drink while you talk about how weird this is? Uh, you know, probably whatever homebrew happens to be in my keg at the time. Cool. I'm like, come on inside. I got a, you know, I got this uh, kiwi IPA, or uh, uh, which is not doesn't it's not an IPA that tastes like kiwis. It's an IPA made using only hops from New Zealand. Uh, which is really actually quite good. It kind of tastes like mango and pineapple, which is not a thing you expect to have in an idea. Or maybe I'm like, oh, hey, come here. You gotta see this barrel that I have. I, I have this. I have a, an oak barrel that Storm gave me for my birthday, uh -huh. and it actually has a, a, a Sparks McGee branded into the front of the barrel, <laughs> and, and it's and it, and it says uh, a Sparks McGee. Uh, it just says uh, 
uh, Wheaton's finely aged uh, ales, and, and then it says, uh, it's got Sparks of in the center of it, it says, I got a course you can plot. And realize, we're gonna have whatever's on that cask. Okay, here's my final follow-up question. Yeah. So if, if you give uh, young Wesley some of your homebrew, yeah. how pissed off would you be if he came in and just fixed all your settings so it worked perfectly? <laughs> to be like brewed with water, yeast, barley, hops, and invert neutrino pulse, <laughs> processed through the main navigational deflector, uh, with maximum power rerouted to the starboard warp nacelle, uh, and a hull breach on decks 5 through 16. <laughs> Wesley's emergency saucer separation. Uh, hull breach would be a great name for a beer. I'm just going to say, either that or it sounds like something like you have to leave a room. Excuse me, I got a hull breach. <laughs> There, there was actually a drink at the Star Trek Experience in, in, in Washington, D.C. Oh, I wish! That's, that's actually how much of this drink that I had. I thought I was in Washington, D.C. The, uh, there, was, there was a drink at, um, at Star Trek Experience in Las Vegas that was called uh, a Warp Core Breach. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it was... Um, see, it, you know, like, I'm thinking that if you're wooing like that, you forgot what it did to you. <laughs> because it killed all of the brain cells that remind that would say to you, don't do that again. There should, there should be a drink called the Men in Black. Yeah, right. It's red, and you drink it, and you don't remember anything from the last couple hours. It's called Jägermeister. <laughs> cool. So I'd like to move on uh, to one other thing. Uh, the last several podcasts, I've been asking guests to say things about both my book, Comedy of Doom, and my comedy CD, uh, Burby the Now. And eventually, I'm going to collect all these snippets of things that people say and make a little commercial for the uh, put at the end of the podcast. So would you guys be willing to say some things? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Uh, Will, would you be willing to read your text for <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Do you want me to say who I am, or just like you want me to introduce it, like you know, like we're on ninety-five point three, the Wacky Morning Zoo with Scrim Show and, and the Dingo. Scrim <laughs> <laughs> Show and the Dingo, for sure. Right, right. Sure, go. Yeah, follow your bliss. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does. Dingo. <laughs> I know it's a long way to go to get there. I'll, I'll, actually, I won't do that. I'm going to do it. Maybe it's great. Okay. No, I'm not. Hi, I'm Will Wheaton. I know, right? <laughs> Verbing the noun made me feel strange, but also good. Thank you, Will. You're welcome. Uh, and Mike, could you could you say the complex text that I've written for your personality? Hang on, let me see the. Uh... Okay, you ready? Could you do a questioning hail? Hail? <laughs> Excellent. And is there anything else that you guys uh, wanted? Any other noises? Oh, actually, here's the thing. Last podcast. Odd I question. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Here, you know. Let them just, Sound of a mule. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me make sense for a second. <laughs> That's a good book. <laughs> let me make sense. Okay.
so my last podcast that I did was a podcast about sex. So uh, in, in Burping the Noun, the, the album is kind of about romance and that, so I asked those people to make sex noises. And it was amazing. Because I, not expected, I expected them to do a jokey thing, and they did this frighteningly honest <laughs> sex noises. So my question is, Will Wheaton, Mike Furman, would you be willing to make sex noises together? Are you doing it right now? I'm doing it right now. Sex, yeah. or just at the same time, high-fiving kind yeah. of thing. How about if you guys are both having sex in the same room? <laughs> let's not question why. Let's <laughs> not to question why. If you guys are both ha- having pleasure in a room, you're aware that one another's there. But you're not engaging with one another. Okay. Maybe eye contact. High-five. <laughs> how exactly is that not engaging? <laughs> I'm touching Will while I'm having sex. Is that right? Is that, uh, <laughs> you're, you're touching in a buddy manner. I'm not going to make anything better by clarifying things. <laughs> also a good book title. <laughs> so I'm going to count to three, and you guys go to it, all right? If you're willing. Are you willing? Okay. All right. One, two, three, engage. <laughs> still listening to me talk. <laughs> You're in Pro Tools. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah. So uh, I always close the podcast with some, some serious, pompous questions. Uh, so are you guys ready for that? Mm-hmm. Sure. Excellent. Uh, starting with you, Mr. Mike Furman. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite loud noise? Oh, wow. My favorite loud noise. Um, oh, that's a great question. And I guess it would probably be a really, I want to say like a really loud spring. You could like took a pan or something oh, like that and bang against like a pew, like a big loud spring. That's awesome. Yeah. You are a Thank human you. cartoon and I love it. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Will, yes. Who or what is your spirit alien? <laughs> My spirit alien, uh, who sort of guides me and gives me. Uh, me a sense of, of like give me a moral compass. Yeah, uh, Yoda. 
That is an nice. awesome answer. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Non-fucking bullshit special edition. <laughs> CGI blinky eye bullshit. Like actual Yoda from 1980. Yeah, a yeah. puppet. Yeah. Your spirit alien is a my, puppet my spirit, my, my spirit alien has Frank Oz's hand in his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We're lucky, right? We're, 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 those of us who, who, who grew up with Star Trek, with, uh, I mean Star Wars, we're very, very lucky uh, if we were able to actually apply there is no try to our lives. Yeah, and Yoda was It gives us this magnificent sense of purpose. Uh, so that's why he's... That's what he's and he was. He was that, he was that lovely uh, balance of whimsy and teaching and that. And I, I, I and also related an X-wing out of a swamp for fuck's sake. Yeah, awesome. Because <laughs> I mean, he, he's just like a little kid because he's an all-powerful weirdo, and that's what all kids really are. They think they're all powerful. They're just this weird little guy who sometimes wants to steal shit, sometimes wants to hit you with something. He's a snake child, and is really happy when he's riding around on your shoulders. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I miss the most about being an adult. Is I can't be like, can I have a piggyback ride? I just want to ride around on your shoulders. Let's all the gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> of us tried to ride John Roderick before this screen. <laughs> 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 anyway, have you heard the thing that uh, if you look at the person's elbow, you will not miss a high-five? I'm not necessarily very good at high-fiving. I will a lot of times misfire and miss altogether. Yeah. Yeah, but if you look at the person's elbow, you will not miss. Really? Yeah, have you heard yeah. that? It's on the kill. It's on the kill. Cool. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm just gonna look at your elbow. Oh. Oh. Did you hear that? That was amazing. It was like a crack of man thunder. Crack of man thunder is my village people cover me. That was perfect. No more government jokes than that. Nailed it. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, Mr. Mike Furman, here's your next serious pompous question. Okay. If you could literally kill people with kindness, who would you kill? <laughs> and, you, oh. and you can't say Hitler. Oh, um, oh man, there's so many questions about that. Like, do they know I'm killing them, or is it uh, like, like, is it euthanasia? Is it like I'm just gonna go in and like say you're such a cool person and give them like a kiss in the forehead and they drift away happily? And it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about the law or anything. Yeah. So, nobody can prove it was me. It's your gift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could just be following a guy you don't like and say, oh, you dropped something, and then he dies. <laughs> A much different scenario than the one that I described. <laughs> Far more random and cruel. I have a list of people that I would like you to physically do something. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. Hmm. Yeah. I don't want to kill anybody. Okay. I guess. So yeah. let me let me alter the question. Wow. What a waste of a superpower. <laughs> Go walk around the United States, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So let me ask this instead. If you could mortally injure a bad person, oh, like with <laughs> kindness, how would you? Oh, mortally injure again. I, I apologize. You know I speak English, right? Yes. <laughs> if you uh, uh, if you could hurt someone, a bad person who needed to be stopped using kindness, how would you go about it? What would be the scenario be? Like there there's a person who you know is going to cause harm, and you had to go up to them and be kind to stop them. Oh man, how would uh, it manifest? I'd give them, uh, I'd give them probably like an ice cream and uh, drizzle the chocolate on it right in front of them and give them a copy of uh, Burping the Noun and a hug. Aww. Aww. 
they would explode. <laughs> that is wonderful. Okay, well, if there were a video game based on your life, what kind of video game would it be? If there were a video game, okay, so it's a classic 80s game, and it, oh, you know what it is? What is it? It's an Infocom game. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Go West. Do you know what it would, what it would be called? Uh, it would be called, um, it would be called, Where Is My Mind? Yeah. That's lovely. Thank you. Uh, now, Mr. Furman, yeah. this is the question that everybody gets asked at the end of the talk. No, it would be called Awesome Quest. No, it would be called Awesome Quest. Awesome <laughs> School, it would be called Awesome Quest. Maybe that's like the first prompt in the text adventure. What the fuck is this called? And you get to choose one. Yeah. The, the Awesome Quest is awesome. Can I ask you a question real quick, by the way? This, has been, this may have been thought of, you probably thought of this when you were like six years old. But uh, have you ever made a beer that was called Will Wheaton and a wheat beer? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, Ryan and I brewed a, a Bavarian Hefeweizen together last summer, and we called it the uh, Hefe Wheaton. Okay, thanks. Okay. Cool. I should wrap this up because I, I need to get Will to his uh, tech for his big show tonight. Um, so, Mike Furman, sir, what is happiness? A word. <laughs> Give yourself a high five, Mike Furman. You wind up his elbows like a pole. And then, what is happiness, Mr. Will Wheaton? Yes, it is. <laughs> Excellent. And now, the closing song to Obsessed by Molly Lewis. Wait, no. Happiness <laughs> is a callback. Is being on an awesome quest. <laughs> Molly Lewis. and his guests shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.